Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. The next guest and I have several things in common. The first is we both have a book out that has the word dirty in it. Uh, the second is she has a great sense of humor. So I guess I'm complimenting myself, right? Because I just said we we have some things in common. So today we're going to be talking with the wonderful Stephanie Laska. Her latest book, The Dirty Lazo Keto Cookbook, Bend the Rules to Lose the Weight. She has other books out there that are great, and I'm thrilled to have her. Hello there, Stephanie. Well, it's so nice to be here, Lisa. I just crack up because both of us have dirty in the title of our books. That's so right. So we are like soul sisters from across the nation. I kept turning the pages waiting for the dirty part, Lisa. <laughs> I read your book. Oh, you I did? Was like, I sure did. Oh. I have to tell you, when I was uh, designing my own cover, I was looking for inspiration and I had like five or six that I loved and yours was one of them. Oh my God. Oh, Stephanie made my day. Isn't that funny? Oh, that's so funny. Well, fun. it's true. It's really clever. I think it's clean and clever at the same time. Well, thank it's super you. Cute. Well, you know, what's so funny is it. my uh, friend of mine, her daughter, she couldn't find her. She's 11. She opens the closet and she's got my book, the cleaning series, like, oh, and no. a flashlight. And she's like, mom, <laughs> this is just a health book and got all upset because her mom's a personal trainer. <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. Okay, well, let's jump into your wonderful book. Okay, so I took a million notes because I thought it was so good. I love the way you write. I love your sense of humor. And I love this. You write, if you've been shamed by the keto police or criticized for not following a diet plan perfectly, then this book is dedicated to you. I'm living proof that weight loss is possible without such rigid guidelines. Every time I hear, but that's not keto, I want to say, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) With many, many L's. I love that. I, I think I write exactly as I talk. Right. So if people think I'm obnoxious now, you just wait till you start reading the cookbook. 
<laughs> it's like half stories that are super embarrassing and then the rest are recipes. Well, that's what I enjoyed about it so much. So you talk about this sort of defining moment for you when you were like, okay, I need to lose weight and talk to us about that. It has to do with a ride. Well, you know what? My kids are older now, but when they were little, we used to go to Disneyland quite a bit. And I remember the first time my son was tall enough to ride the Thunder Mountain roller coaster. He had just made it to the exact height to take a ride. And so him and I, you know, jumped onto the car. We were so excited. And then it's one of these old fashioned roller coasters, you know, where you pull the bar down um, before the ride takes off. And because I weighed, I don't know, maybe 300 pounds, roughly around that, the bar stopped at my stomach. And that left this huge gap. My little boy was sitting next to me. And, you know, there's like two or three feet between, I don't, maybe not that much, but there was this enormous gap between the safety bar and my little boy. And I just panicked, but the ride took off. I just looked at him like, okay. And then the next thing you know, we're zipping around and going up and down the hills. And I swear, Lisa, he almost flew out of the ride. I was holding him down. I was holding him, but you can't hold someone in when they're on a roller coaster. And I just thought, okay, this is, this is not good. I, you know, it's one thing to be overweight and just kind of put up with it. Like, oh, I'm fine. No big deal. But when your child is about to fly out of a roller coaster, yeah, then you start to think this is affecting other people. I need to kind of wake up and face some music here. So it really kind of kicked me in the butt to get moving. It is really hard when you feel like, oh my gosh, I, what my, what I'm doing to myself is harmful, but then now I'm hurting somebody I love, possibly. And the denial is is real. Let let's be honest. Yeah. So what was it like for you when you had that epiphany, and then you have to go make changes? I mean, I I read the book, so I know. But for people, just give them a little hint because I like people to go out and get the book. Um, but what were some of the things that you found when you like entered this whole keto world and went, wait a second, this is a little bit you know stringent. Well, the irony is that I didn't really know about keto at the time. I just started making some changes in my life. One of my uh, girlfriends, her husband was doing Atkins at the time. So he was eating like a lot of chicken and drinking beer. And I thought, how is this guy losing weight? This is out of control. You know what I mean? Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. So I kind of started down that path where um, incorporating a little bit more of the Atkins, because this is a long time ago. Um, yeah, so it was before I didn't even know what the word keto necessarily meant. But I just started making changes where I was doing a lot of trial and error, um, eating more protein, less carbs, more fat. Okay, maybe that didn't work this week. Let's adjust a little bit more. Um, and just basically making a lot of mistakes, um, but figuring it out on my own. Um, and I really kept it a secret, Lisa, for a long time. <laughs> Even my best friend was like, what are you doing? Because I was losing, I don't know, probably 10 pounds a month. Oh, wow. Um, and that went on for a year and a half. So I lost 140 pounds total, which was half of my entire body weight. And so people started asking questions like, what is going on? <laughs> and I didn't want to tell them because I felt embarrassed. I felt I was doing something wrong. Well, why did you feel embarrassed? Like, get into the nitty gritty a little bit about what you're doing. It's not a secret anymore. Not the, now. <laughs> no, no, no. It, the secret no. is out. Like, I am. I will not stop talking about it. But it took time. Um, I think that you and I are probably from the same uh, time era from some of your funny references about Fig Newtons right. and um, <laughs> things growing up, right? I love that part in your book. But 
I came from a generation where, you know, we had to go to aerobics and wear leg warmers and eat low fat cheese to lose weight. So my grandmother didn't allow sour cream in the house and my mom wouldn't even serve like regular milk. I mean, we always had fat free everything. So I felt really guilty and I felt like I was doing something wrong by having avocados and nuts and cheese on my food. It just didn't seem right. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we're so indoctrinated to that low fat, which just turned out to be an absolute disaster. Absolutely. I mean, it couldn't be more far from the truth. So I think that's part of why I felt so embarrassed. I thought I must be doing something wrong. People don't, you know, drink Diet Coke and have a beer once in a while and then have sour cream on their salad or real dressing to dip their chicken tenders in. Like, how can you do that and lose weight? I kind of didn't want to jinx it. To be honest, I thought maybe it won't last. I should not talk about this. It must be some like metabolic miracle that I was just experiencing. So I really did keep it quite quiet. But, you know, after I started processing it and writing about it and analyzing it and doing more research after the fact, I realized, you know, I think that in addition to this being more of a low carb diet, I'm also it sounds like I'm doing some kind of version of keto. Um. And that surprised me. I thought, okay, this keto diet's been around, right, forever since like the 20s or something to help people with epilepsy. But I I didn't know that it had applications for weight loss. And I think, you know, the word is out. Everybody's talking about it. I've heard many of your podcast guests speak about it. But my version is very different. So I don't want anyone to be confused. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm with my tracker and documenting things and, and eating clean all the time. I definitely have my own little twist. Right. And that's what makes it dirty. And I don't, I wouldn't say lazy. I don't even know if I, well, I, I mean, I guess it's a little dirty depending on what you're eating, but I think what it is, is that it's also kind of making fun of everything has to be clean. And here I am with a title, the book, Clean Eating, and I am into clean eating, but I think that there's economic issues going on. There's time issues going on. There's, you know, doing it issues going on, right? Like, are you going to actually stick to it? And I think that's why your book makes so much sense. Well, I appreciate that. You know, that was one thing I worried about talking to you. I'm like, Lisa's going to judge me because <laughs> she's a clean eater. <laughs> I'm not thrilled about the Splenda. I'll put it that way. I appreciate that. I wanted to get that out right in the beginning because I think the word dirty keto there's a lot of myths and misconceptions. And it sounds like, you know, a lot of people, uh, they get caught up in that. They think, oh, dirty keto must mean all you do is put artificial um, sweeteners on everything and you must eat fast food all day and you must be eating lunch meat and processed foods and things from packages. That doesn't sound healthy. Um, and in fact, I was interviewed in uh, Playboy magazine, which I saw that you were as well. Yes. And I helped I helped speak to that. Um, there was a great article where I defended the dirty keto position. And it's not that we're eating, you know, artificial sweeteners, Splenda, aspartame, all the ones that you mentioned. Some of us don't eat that at all. But the difference is we have the option. Right. That makes sense. It's the flexibility. It's like, you know, let's say you don't eat that on a regular basis, but today's your daughter's birthday, or you're making a special cake, you might choose to enjoy that today. Yeah. And maybe and maybe it doesn't bother you. You know, I think artificial sweeteners affect us all differently. There's certain brands that taste different to us or bake different, or some cost more than others. But I think having the option for someone who I was, you know, like close to 300 pounds, having the option to make a dessert like that when I need to, 
emotionally have a chocolate dessert or um, something special like a sugar-free cheesecake, having that option gives me confidence to eat clean or eat healthier the rest of the time. And I think that's where the aha moment is. It's like breaking the rules, but also being more open-minded and flexible about what's really going to take to get a hold of your weight and to eat healthier. Does that, does that feel different? Yeah, it totally does. I think for people on the outside, they're thinking, you know, oh, is there Splenda in every recipe? I'm not doing this. But no, it's not like that. But you put it perfectly. That was excellent. Because, you know, my first thought was like, oh, God, artificial sweeteners. I'm like, okay, get off your snobby horse and try to see where this one was coming from. And then the way you explained it is exactly the way I took it from the book. I'm like, oh, okay, I get this. This is good. Because, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. I mean, that's something that's so important, exactly. right? And we're all in different places. Like, again, I keep going back to that moment where I was in the roller coaster with my son. I'm 300 pounds. And I think I've still, you know, I work with, I don't know, I have a Facebook group of 200,000 members. And a lot of them come to me that are morbidly o- obese, just like I was, or super obese. And starting from that position and, and being told you have to eat perfectly, you have to eat clean, you can only have the grass-fed, the um, organic they may not, like you said, have the budget, but mentally and emotionally, they may not be in a place where that's going to make sense for more than, let's say, two, three weeks before they quit, or they have that first um, stressful moment at work, or they go to their first party where someone's making different types of foods. You know, real life happens, and we can't all eat perfectly all the time. And I feel like I'm just trying to be authentic and honest. I'm Maybe I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a professional chef. I'm just a mom and a woman with two kids who's suffered with weight issues her entire life. And I, it's, you know, it makes me want to cry, but I used to shop in the plus size department store. I wore a size 3X and 4X, and now I'm down to a four. And I've kept my weight off for six years. So I feel very strongly that having options of swerve or you know, fast food once in a while, I think it makes sense. I really, I really get that. And by the way, Swerve, and I have nothing to do with them. I wish I did. I love them. They just came out with the brown sugar and it's really good. And Lancato is another terrific brand. What is it called? Uh, Lancato, L-A-N-K-A-T-O. They're fabulous. Oh, good. Okay. It's so nice. And then they have a powdered sugar too with the Swerve. It's really nice because when I make my daughter desserts, because she's such a sugar fiend, I'm really trying to, you know, figure out other ways. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit too about how this book is laid out, which is great because you have these great ways that we divide the recipes. Okay. You've got budget friendly. You've got perfect for volume eaters, picky eaters, fancy enough for guests, vegetarian ish and keto superstar. So talk to us a little bit about these categories. Well, you know, everybody's has like little cravings or something in mind, you want something to eat, you don't necessarily want to just go to like the, you know, sides or soups category. It's more like an emotional experience. At least it is for me. I'm such a big eater that for me, the biggest category was volume eaters, (laughs) which might be embarrassing. But, you know, I mentioned, hey, we all eat for different reasons. It may not just be hunger. I think that's, you know, a big myth that People say, oh, well, you can't do emotional eating. You shouldn't eat when you're nervous or scared or sad. I actually feel differently. I'm probably not going to change my personality overnight to become uh, you know, this thin person. 
I feel like I had to create some recipes that might work with my tendencies as opposed to working against them. Like I know you've interviewed Gretchen Rubin and she talks about that you're, you know, working with your tendencies, I think is oh, definitely. much more effective, right? Than fighting For them. Sure. Um, and one of my habits is good or bad, but like in the late afternoon, if I'm tired, I, I tend to eat. I know that's terrible. <laughs> and emotionally, people might judge me and say, oh, well, you should take a nap and do yoga and, you know, go outside and go for a walk. I know all that. Like, I try to do those things. But sometimes I just want to eat a little bit to relax and unwind. So for me in the afternoons, I might pick um, something from the volume eater category. Uh, my favorite recipe is the the lawn clipping salad, oh, which yeah. it so, sounds funny. I love the titles. But and, you know, I had a, I tried to make the titles fun because eating shouldn't be so boring. I used to teach uh, second grade and I always tried to make learning fun and silly because I think it just makes it, you know, more tolerable. I don't think we have to be so serious about nutrition. Like losing weight can be a real pain and it can be a negative experience for people. So I try to make it fun and silly and creative and package it so that way it's a little bit more palatable. Oh, well, you did a great job. I mean, you're, you have such a, yeah, you have such a good sense of humor. So what are some of the things in the lawnmower salad? I mean, I can see, but for listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, like using a pre-washed broccoli slaw mix, Mm -hmm. I think it's perfectly fine. And with, I call it dirty keto to cut corners. So buy packaged vegetables, take corn, you know, cut the corners. If you need like taco powder to make tacos, then buy it like big deal. If it has a little bit of you know, fake ingredients in it. I think if it keeps you from, you know, going out to to eat all the time and cooking at home, then it makes sense. Uh, But anyway, I use the pre-washed broccoli slaw mix. I use some uh, sugar-free sweetener, whatever, you know, I happen to have on hand. I'm not very picky. A little bit of vinegar, um, a ton of mayonnaise, which I think is delicious. And I cut up some onion and some sunflower seeds. And it's similar to like a coleslaw, but doesn't have sugar. And I can eat a lot of it, which I like. <laughs> yeah, see, I love I love making a huge salad. I just love it. I usually take a whole avocado and I mix it with avocado oil and salt. Like that's how much I love avocado. I don't even need any vinegar. And then I just put that all over vegetables and it's delicious. Avocados are fantastic. And I have another recipe in the book where I make uh, like a chocolate pudding and I call it my secret ingredient chocolate pudding where I use avocados as my secret in- ingredient. Nice. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to make that. So I was looking at, and like I said, because of my stupid food sensitivities, I can't eat a lot of your recipes. I mean, I'm going to try to alter some, but um, this one looks really good. Uh, cool Ranch Dorito Crackers. I mean, you're so clever. I mean, you, you get that, if you get the flavors and a texture, that really makes a big difference for folks. And, you know, it's like I said, you're trying to make eating healthy fun. So if you put the word Dorito in the title or Taco Bell <laughs> Or whatever, like call it marketing. But I mean, I'm a little kid at heart. I I used to have Kool-Aid at my bottle when I was a little girl. I remember that. There's pictures of me walking around my house with, a, you know, I was two years old. This is before we had sippy cups. So I'm not afraid of like convincing myself to have a little fun with my food. I don't want to feel deprived. I think that when you're struggling with your weight, people feel deprived and if they're trying to do 100% eating clean all the time, that's, I don't know. I, I think sometimes for some people, for me, that would have set me up for failure because I would have felt resentful, maybe angry, like I'm missing out. And then that could lead to like binge eating or just 
throwing in the towel altogether. So by packaging things, my recipes with a fun name or like a silly twist, it makes me feel like I'm not missing out on anything. And that keeps it sustainable. Yeah, it's true. And I like in chapter six, breads, pasta, and pizza, you wrote weirdos, that's so funny, and impastas. (laughs) (laughs) And you basically say that, look, you need to, you know, temper your expectations because it's not going to taste like bread exactly, but it's going to have a, it's going to be good, but it's not bread, but it's still good, (laughs) but it's not bread. It's not bread, people. You know, it cracks me up when people join like my Facebook support group and they'll say, I don't know how you guys use this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it tastes nasty. And I'm like, well, what were you expecting? Like, it's not chocolate cake, right? Like eating healthy sometimes doesn't always taste terrific. You're not going to have fresh croissants. It's just not happening anymore. Or, you know, sugar-free candy is not going to taste the same as a Hershey's bar. Like you have to obviously change your expectations. I mean, true, the f- the food with Dirty Lazy Keto is more rich and decadent in general. Um, you are having full fats, you know, you're having butter, you're having cream. Those things do taste better, but it's not going to taste the same as something you ate previously. I think you have to be re- realistic. You're just changing your taste buds. Like this consolation prize, cloud bread. <laughs> you write, cloud bread is one of the most talked about keto recipes behind fathead pizza crust, of course. Every every keto beginner yearns for the beloved bread at first and is willing to spend time in the kitchen trying to magically create a low-carb version. I want to forewarn you at this fork in the road. Get it, fork? That keto bread recipes will never taste like real bread. So we talked about that. This is so interesting to me because this is full-fat cream cheese, eggs, uh, a zero-net-carb sweetener, and baking powder. Like, what is that texture? What is that texture like? Well, it's going to taste similar to bread. You know, it fluffs up. It looks beautiful. I mean, that's a real picture of what it what it looks like. It looks like bread. It looks like bread, but it is tasting a little bit more eggy, obviously. And and that's where I try to temper people's expectations. And there's a part in the book, too, where I talk about, um, you know, go ahead and have zoodles and make fresh vegetables as your side. If you have to have the bread, these are, this is the bread section. But I do encourage, you know, as you're moving on in the process of eating healthier, to eat more vegetable-based sides and substitute things like um, mashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes or zoodles instead of trying to make, you know, a breadish pasta. But when you're first starting out, you need some training wheels. Let's be honest. You can't just go all or nothing. Or once in a while, you just have a craving and you really want to have it. Then you've got some recipes at your fingertips. You know, I mentioned the fathead pizza crust. So you have legendary fathead pizza crust, and this has almond flour, uh, cheese, cream cheese, egg, and salt. I should often make that for my family because I bet they would love it. It sounds really good. You know, anytime we're getting away from the refined carbohydrates, refined sugars, we're doing a good job. You know, those things are just not good for us. So the thing is about keto foods and dirty, lazy keto These foods don't magically cause you to lose weight. I think that's another big myth out there. Um, People think, well, I ate, you know, tons and tons of of keto food. You know, I drank a whole container of cream in my (laughs) Starbucks coffee. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how it works. Um, When you're making recipes like from Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbook, they make you feel full for longer because there's so many great vegetables in the dishes. You're not craving you know, food 45 minutes later. And that's how I I used to operate. I I could go to the movies back in the day, eat an extra large tub of popcorn 
and I could still get a refill because the carbs never filled me up. They just made me hungrier. But now that I'm making recipes like I'm sharing in the Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbook, I make a lunch or a dinner and I'm totally satisfied all afternoon. I'm just not hungry again. And that's why it helps you lose weight because it curbs all that unnecessary snacking and eating. Plus, emotionally, you feel better about yourself. Like you feel like you're not missing out. You can still make like a fudge if you wanted to, to have a little sweet after dinner. I think that's why it works long term. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, another great name in here, radish potatoes in drag. I never knew either about <laughs> radishes. You say that if you cook them long enough, they, they're like great as potatoes. And I thought, what? Okay, you need to get into this. <laughs> okay, this is like a real thing. I swear to you. And as you know, as I've gone on my my journey, like I said, I've maintained my weight loss now for six years. There's certain foods that will pop up every once in a while that just blow me away. And radishes are one of them. If you seriously cook a radish long enough, you can either chop it up and fry it, or I like to also cook it in the instant pot. They taste like potatoes. Really? Well, I just got it. I just, okay. So I got an instant pot like six months ago and my friend Jacqueline, I had her come over cause I just, I'm terrible at reading directions to things. So she read the directions and then she figured it out and I made a really good uh, beef stew. It was delicious and it was so quick and amazing. And so I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? I got to get back. So I'm going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another one is uh, chia seeds. I think a lot of people have never heard of them. Yeah. And that's another thing where, you know, making like a quick oats breakfast type thing using a chia seed combination and you add a little cream or, you know, nuts, whatever foods that you're really into. And it's just the most delicious breakfast that keeps you full for hours. Who knew? Chia seeds. I know. I have to say, though, I don't really like the texture of chia seeds, although there's been once in a while I'll find a chia seed pudding that I think is okay. But you kind of got to get used to it because it's kind of that it's like a tapioca. Thank you. I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had other words, but <laughs> <laughs> boogery. I think I use the word. I use the word boogery in my book. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you call oh, it like it is. Miracle. I am not. I'm not afraid of the truth. Now, how was it putting all these recipes together? I know you wrote in the book that this was like like you got recipes from other people and then you shaped them. Or tell tell us that process. Well, actually. Um, the Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbook, my husband and I wrote this together. So bless his heart. My husband is like very precise and mathematical and analytical, and he's great with numbers where I am not. So we'd be in the kitchen together and I'm cooking and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa how much, how much of that ingredient? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, and he's making me stop and he's writing it all down. And, and he's like, well, how many servings does that make? And I'm like, I don't know. So if it weren't for my husband, uh, this book would not have come together. So I really have to give him 100% credit for all of the math and all the details, because without him, I'm more of the big picture creative type that's just adjusting and changing, and and he's more of the detail guy. So the two of us together made it happen. It's been challenging with our, our marriage. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Writing a book. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, so I was thinking about the numbers. Now, I don't do keto in terms of like, I don't... I mean, I kind of do more paleo, I guess you would say. So I don't really, even though I eat a lot of fat, I haven't like, I'm not trying to lose weight. So I haven't like counted any net carbs and this and that. Give us a little bit about that because you have some information in the book because I know you were, you were talking about a friend in the book who's like super precise and writes everything down. And you said yours is a little lazier. So what do we need to keep in mind? I mean, there's a whole net carbs and then you have a thing about reading 
uh, how to read the label and then how to, you know, it, but I'm sure it could get tricky if you're math phobic like myself. <laughs> well, I agree with you, Lisa. I am a math phobic person, as I just shared. I am not the numbers person. And, and in strict keto, you know, there's all this math going on. People have graphs and like, you know, little charts and, and, and goals and ratios. And to me, I mean, I honestly can't figure any of that stuff out. So I needed to communicate the way I eat in a way that made sense to other people that they could replicate simply, like none of that stress. And so I just focus on the net carbs. And that's the, that's why lazy is in the title, dirty, lazy keto lazy. I mean, yes, I'm being a little funny that I might be lazy and just, you know, hitting a drive through once in a while or buying packaged, um, you know, like a rotisserie chicken and using that for my ingredient or even canned chicken. Um, but really the lazy word and dirty, lazy keto means I'm focusing on only net carbs for my counting. Um, and I limit myself to, to a number of carbs that works for me to keep my weight off. And that's all I do is count that. I don't count fat grams. I don't count calories. I don't count protein. I just focus on the net carbs. And I keep track of that every day. And it works. It's simple. A lot of people use Carb Manager as an, a free app on their computer or on their phone. Um, for me, that's almost a little bit too much work because I'm lazy. So I, I ask Alexa oh, nice. <laughs> or, a Siri, or a Siri. You can just ask. I, I shouldn't say that too loudly because mine will wake up and start talking. But yeah, you can actually ask your digital assistant in your house or on your phone or on your watch um, how many uh, carbs are in something. And you can find out that way. What, this is the easiest trick, though, in the whole wide world. I'm going to tell you my secret. Go to, um, to walmart.com. And just type in the food, and and there it is. And you can zoom, you can zoom in on the label. And Walmart.com has all the foods, and then underneath the product description, it tells you about the nutrition, and then it's per serving. Um, for me to calculate net carbs, I subtract uh, any grams of fiber, and if there's any sugar, alcohol, and the remaining amount of carbs is the net carbs. That's per serving. Every recipe in the Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbook is under 10 net carbs. And that's been my rule when I started to lose weight. And I recommend to other people that you know come on my website, dirtylazyketo.com. I tell them the step one is to go through your kitchen and read the labels and figure out, like you said, how many carbs are in things, how many are in a sweet potato or an avocado or a piece of toast or whatever food you have. For me, I decided to get rid of everything that had too many carbs. So if it was over 10 or over, I got rid of it. Or I moved it. Not everything got thrown away. I moved a lot of stuff to the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so so my, my children know. It's like, where's the cereal? It's out in the garage. That way I don't see it. You know, certain things that were like trigger foods. I just kind of removed them, put them up high in shelves or moved them into a different location so I didn't have to stare at them. Yeah, that's smart because it can be really tough. Now, do your kids eat this way as well or do they do like a combination? Well, one of the things I think is necessary with the Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbook is to have recipes that your family can maybe customize. I think that family is not always supportive when you're trying to lose weight. Um that's probably the biggest challenge that new members share with me is that their husband or wife or uh, family is giving them a hard time and they bring home foods that are high risk foods or, you know, donuts and things. And it's hard for them. So they always say, well, what can I make? 
you know, my family's complaining. They're not going to eat this, this stuff. And I say, well, I think they will. You just got to make some meals perhaps that they could build to make, uh, their needs happy. Like for example, if I make uh, turkey tacos, which we do like once a week, my kids can make rice or beans to go with it, or they can use tortillas if they want to. It's up to them. And that way I can still eat well, they can eat what they want. And most of the time, Lisa, if I don't put it out, my kids won't go to the trouble of getting it out themselves. So I think as a role model, our kids tend to watch what we do, not what we say, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little sneaky. I mean, I want my kids to be healthy, and but I also want to empower them to make their own choices. Speaking of kids and choices, yeah. I love this uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Shake. I panic every year on Halloween. It's not the costumes that scare me. It's a miniature-sized Reese's Peanut Butter Cups calling my name from the candy bowl. Knowing I have this shake in my arsenal helps keep my DLK armor strong. <laughs> And that's important, right? Like you said earlier, you've got to have something that you can go to. So when the diets are so strict, I mean, some of the, the diets I've seen, they don't even want you to use any sweeteners, not even erythritol or swerve or, you know, I was like, or xylitol. I'm like, what? I, I feel like in order to make this sustainable, and I keep coming back to that, a lot of people go on these quick diets and these 30-day cleanses and these extreme all or nothing type approaches, and it doesn't last. And I think as women, many of your listeners can identify with this. They think, well, I can do that. But then, you know, Halloween comes up or some other big challenge and then they cave. And then a lot of people that are overweight, like myself many years ago, I would feel bad about myself if I like broke the rules. And then when you feel bad about yourself, you feel ashamed. When you feel ashamed, you feel like you're a failure and then you give up. And then you're back to your old eating habits. So why not have some recipes like, you know, a peanut butter chocolate shake at your disposable, not your disposable, but at your disposal so that you can get through those types of moments. Like, I just don't, I feel like you have to be more realistic. And that's, I mean, very few people can lose 140 pounds and keep it off six years. Yeah. I mean, that's it's amazing. like, like statistically, it's less than, you know, a half percent. And this is why, though, I feel like this is it. You need flexibility. You need choices. It cannot just be an all or nothing experience. Real life happens. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel very passionately about this, as you can tell. It's too much great information to keep a secret. Well, I think so, too. You know, I could keep you here all day. I just think you're absolutely fabulous. And I'm so moved that you read my book. And by the way, my dessert recipes in the book, uh, who Erin McDonald, she's the uh, registered dietitian for Clean Eating Magazine. She there is there is sweetener. There's I think there's maple syrup in some there might be honey in some I think there's coconut sugar. It's a very small amount. But I would love if I ever did a book again to use, you know, some kind of sugar substitutes for folks. But the rest of the book, the recipe, I mean, I think there's quinoa in one recipe and the rest is like zoodles and, you know, other things. A lot of things that people who are doing like a keto-ish or paleo diet could have. I mean, they might have to alter them some, but I don't know if you look through the recipes, but I, I try to do that. I have. They, they look wonderful and your pictures are beautiful. Oh, thank you. It was not me. Very tempting. I've had so much fun talking with you. Before I let you go, so I, I'm getting the main message that, that I'm taking away is, We've got to be easy on ourselves. We need to do what works for us. We don't have to be, you know, make everything 100% clean because, you know, again, that the more you deprive and restrict, the harder it is. And, I, and I'm just so glad. But tell us in your own words, like what if that's what you want people to get take away from. That's what I'm taking away from it. 
Well, I'm I'm glad that I hit that home, hit that point home because that's my tagline. I know I started my own little podcast with my best friend. We call it Dirty Lazy Girl. Oh, I love and that. And that is our tagline. You like that, Dirty Lazy Girl? <laughs> uh, but that's what I say on every episode. You don't have to be perfect to be successful. You can achieve your goals, whether it's weight loss or changing eating habits. You can accomplish your goals without being 100% strict. You know, forgive yourself. Have some imperfections. Fail once in a while. That's where the the real magic happens. So I hope that your listeners take that away. And it's not just about artificial sugars and sweeteners. It's a whole approach of being more kind and loving to, loving to yourself um, because, you know, we all eat for different reasons and I think they're all okay. So just love you. Be you. Your book, The Dirty, Lazy Keto Cookbook, Bend the Rules to Lose Weight. Tell us all the ways we can find you. I mean, it sounds like your Facebook group is on fire. Awesome. We have a very strong Facebook following. Um, the book is out on January 7th and stores everywhere. Um, I'll actually be on the Today Show on January 6th, the day before, doing some cooking. So if anybody wants to, to listen, uh, tune in. You can check me out with my crazy blonde hair and see all my bad jokes live. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Stephanie, you're always welcome here. I had so much fun with you. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. You can check me out on social media at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. Have a great day.